We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, Chris. Although it says you're still connecting. Yo, yo. There you go. What's up? I was on stage earlier and I could not hear you. And I'm pretty sure I was playing my own audio out of my phone. So thanks, Twitter. Um, But what's up? We are here now. I saw your text. No. You know what I meant. I meant hot and ready. Um, (laughs) Oh. (laughs) But we're here now. You're hilarious. You're hilarious. <laughs> I texted listeners. I texted Sean and GMAC before the show. I was I, no context. I was just like, I'm feeling like Little Caesars right now. Because <laughs> it was because I'm high and I'm ready for the show. Um, but yeah, no, my my insanity aside, uh, good morning, all. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, good morning to Bankai. Uh, last night was fun. Uh, good night <laughs> good night to Kevin. Hello to Kevin. Um, Wayward Mo, what's up? How you doing from the DMV? And I see the, uh, I see the, the, the uh, not parentheses, the brackets mean you are from the Maryland part of DMV. Uh, actually, while we wait, Wayward Mo, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you root for, since you're from Maryland, do you root for the Baltimore Ravens or for the Washington um, Commodores? So if it's, uh, if it's the Baltimore, if it's a, if it's the Washington Commodores, give me a thumbs down. If it's the Baltimore Ravens, give me a thumbs up. I know it's going to take like 10 seconds for them to get here. Uh, so we're just going to, you know, we're just here past the time while we wait for, while we, while we build a crowd and I'm going to retweet the show card. He roots for the he roots for the Washington football team. God bless your soul. You know there was a um, years ago there was a piece in the Ringer, and they were eviscerating Daniel Snyder. And uh, in the piece they said they're talking about how you know everyone gives like the Knicks and James Dolan garbage crap for his stuff, but like the only difference between the Knicks and the Redskins. I'm gonna say that was the former name. The only difference between the Knicks and the Redskins is that the Redskins play outside. And at the time, this was like seven to ten years ago. I was like, you know what? Can't argue with that. Um, I'm glad that now Daniel Snyder is getting his 
just do. All right. Um, I'm going to give everyone one more minute and then we that, will start. Yes. At the risk of, so I will say I am not condoning any crimes or anything, whatever. I'm just going to get that out there. I think it's subjectively hilarious that there is a sports owner. I don't know if currently, I know at some point, a couple weeks of 2022, he hid out in international waters to avoid law enforcement of any kind. Um, The fact that that exists and that the common, well-known, like to this day, widespread opinion is that the Knicks have the worst owner in sports. I'm not trying to be like, oh, well, guys, we only have the second word. No, like I just think it's a proof of how desperate people are to bring us up because there's literally an owner hiding from multiple countries in international waters. And places will say that the Knicks have a worse owner than that owner because they don't care about what he did in the international water. It's not like, you know what I mean? It's not that what they think Dolan did is worse. It's that they literally just, they, they don't care about teams that are not in big markets. Um, well, I mean, I would consider Washington a big market, but they, they care about the teams in the biggest markets. Um, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. I, that, yes. I, I didn't, yeah, I'm not trying to say the commanders or the Utah Jazz of the NFL. <laughs> All right. All right. I think we've got a good group, so we will start. So, Andrew Claudio, I know you're listening. We're going to start in three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to episode five of KFS Study Hall. I am your co-host, Sean the W, and I'm joined every week. And again, I will say this until the cows come home. I am amazed and and honored that I'm joined by someone who should be sleeping right now because it is Saturday morning. And, and that is Mr. it's Halloween weekend. <laughs> and it's Halloween weekend, which means you probably you might have been getting it after last night. So welcome, Chris Persiani. How the hell are you? Much like Obi Toppin on a fast break. I'm just, you know, I'm always in motion. I'm always headed somewhere fast. Uh I'm doing good. I was all over the place yesterday. I will be all over the place tonight. Um, so yeah, you know, it's, it's good. Uh, it's, it's probably better than you think that I kind of have to get up early and talk some Knicks. Uh, it's, it's like, you know, it, it would be like having Phelps start every day off with a quick lap. It's just, let me get in my element real quick. Let me just, you know, let me, let me do what I do and start my day off. Let me wake up and then we can go after it. So, you know, I actually I really appreciate the words, but this is probably the best way to start my day. So don't, you know, don't, don't, don't be too happy that I, that I show up here because there's probably nothing better I, I could do or would rather be doing than talking some Knicks with my guy here to start the day. Uh, I'm doing good overall, really busy recently, midterm week. Uh, for those who remember midterms, you know, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I've been dealing with. Um, you know, things happen like last night when we announced that I'm going to go live at halftime and then I get an extension from a teacher to midnight on a Friday and I just have to go zero dark 30 and work on an essay all night. Um, <laughs> like I didn't know halftime show, no anything, you know, it's just like, yeah, sorry. But like, I, you know, like I, this is one of the craziest weeks of my life, um, between, you know what, I'll shut up now, but let's just say that. It's been so crazy because there should be an announcement coming soon. Well, again, well, first of all, best uh, shout out to getting the extension from the I'm, I'm I'm old, but I'm still I'm still young enough to remember college and getting that extension is always amazing. Um, when you don't at least expect it. Uh, but listen, sometimes you got to go zero dark 30. Um, maybe if I did that, I would have graduated in four years. But I digress. Uh, so let's get right into the show. Um, so as usual, we're going to start off with our likes and dislikes. And shout out to everyone that's pulled up this morning here. I see Nick's take Jake. I see Brad, Josh B, Kevin, PT Cruiser, um, BX Burner Anonymous. Uh, who else we got down here? I can't read off everybody. Nick's Boulevard. Tyler Dirt, that's an amazing name. Uh, Wayward Mo, the Washington Commanders fan. Bless your heart. Uh, Bank I said earlier, who else did I get? I get JP, welcome. Bernard, welcome. I said PT Cruz, but I'll shout you out again anyway. Uh, John Morant Cousin, that's a hilarious name. Uh, Sumit, welcome, 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 welcome. And Charlie, welcome, welcome, welcome. Okay, 
let's get into what we liked and disliked from this week. So, uh, we actually, you know, it's funny. We had three games this week, not two. I only, ref- I only, I only prepared for the first two. I only prepared for the last two. Oh, but whatever. Uh, we'll go, we'll talk about what we liked. I'll talk about what we liked and disliked from this week. Um, so first I'll start with the Charlotte game. Um, the, oh, wait a minute. I, up. you know, this should have updated on my, off. I'm off to a rousing start. Cause I made all, I took all these notes and I took all these notes on my, on my iPhone and the notes app and they should have updated on the, uh, on my Mac right now, but they haven't. So whatever. No, I see. Yeah. God, we're off to a rousing start. Okay. I'll just read it from my phone. Um, Likes things I like. Listen, man, I said this on the KFS pregame show, and I'm going to say it all year. And this is something that we're going to be saying a lot. Um, Jalen Brunson will win us games we did that we would have lost last year. Um, he yeah. will if we, if it's not for him, we do not we do not beat Charlotte. Yep, we do not beat Detroit. We do not beat Orlando. Um, it is refreshing. I was listening to a replay of KCDA earlier and somebody, I forget who it was, was running off all the point guards that he thought that RJ, that, that Jalen Brunson is better than. And it was just like, it just started running off names. It's just like, wow, I, I can't believe it. All right. Um, so listen, man, like I said, we don't beat Orlando without him. We don't beat Charlotte without him. It, it it's amazing that we have a legitimate point guard who can actually put people in position to succeed, who can get into the lane, who can hit a shot, who can find people. It's, 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 it's amazing. Um, and again, I will say this, I will say this, I will say this, I will say this. Not enough is being made of the fact that the Dallas Mavericks let this guy walk for absolutely nothing. Like Mark Cuban should actually be tried for basketball war crimes. And now, I will keep that out later. Whose fault? I think it's literally all Nico Harrison. That's my take. And and here's why. Um all right. <laughs> Basically, Nico Harrison was brought in to be this Nike, he he is the bodega Leon Rose. They said, you know what? It's Dallas. We got Luka. We don't need the biggest power broker of in NBA history. But let's get someone with connections. And they got a head from Nike who knows everyone and their mother, right? Because Nike signs everyone and their mother, all right? So, so basically, Harrison has the opportunity to extend Brunson at a four-year, $55 million rate. Okay, that's really good. It's really good for a point guard like Brunson. Brunson Especially for a second-round pick. Brunson knew it was really good for a point guard like Brunson. And he was kind of willing to eat that and just sign it and be like, hey, uh, I like it here. I like playing here. If you guys want to give me this, you know, the most you can give me here, um, I'll I'll take it. I will. And, and, And I'll continue to play for you. And whatever. That's the sentiment I got out of out of like the Brunson camp when that extension was existent and about you know an option was that he would take it. Um, Nico Harrison knew the following: if he signed Brunson to the extension, he wouldn't be able to use him as a trade chip because he would have one of those auto kick in no trade clauses from those in season extensions, right? So he chose not to extend him, thinking, you know what, I'll let the kid bet on himself. We'll be able to keep him for not much more. And then we'll be able to trade him. Get Luca. Sorry, get Luca a real second star, you know, whatever it was. And Leon Rose was like, hey, um, I know you've been kind of like keeping this guy on the hook. Like, uh, I, I don't know. You ever seen the, uh, the How I Met Your Mother episode about being on the hook? Like, you know, just like keeping a boyfriend or girlfriend around. What, you, you know, like, you know, they kind of had Brunson on the hook there. Um, because they could. And then the Knicks were like, hey, we're going to actually value this guy. And the entire NBA made fun of them for it. They made fun of the Knicks for you know, doing what it took to land Brunson. But now you see in these games why they did it. So, yeah, I, I, you can give Leon Rose all the crap you want um, for you know the family stuff. Or if there's one person who deserves the crap here, the proverbial crap, it's Nico Harrison for not signing Brunson to a 455 because he wanted to have him as a trade chip. Listen, I, I you're right. 
he's the he's the GM. He's the head of basketball operations. At the same time, uh, Mark Cuban is the owner of the team. And if Mark Cuban says offer him the extension, the extension gets offered. This is not the first time that Mark Cuban has cheated out on on certain players. He did not. He broke up a championship team in Dallas because he wanted cap space to sign Dwight Howard, which sounds hilarious in hindsight. Um, he said Roddy Boubois was untouchable. Like, I can go down the line. Like, Mark Cuban better get on his hands and knees and thank his lucky stars that Dirk Nowitzki went nuclear against the Miami Heat and won him the title. Or else we'd, he'd be looking very funny in the light. And that's not a slide on Dirk. Dirk was my favorite player in the league. But we that's enough about the freaking Mavs. Uh, the other right, thing though. I liked... You're right, though. <laughs> the other thing I liked... Um, in the Charlotte game, Mitch looking like a legitimate all-NBA defense candidate and a legitimate defensive player of the year candidate. I'm not saying he's going to win defensive player of the year. That's a very hard award to win. It's only one of them. But he is an absolute rock in the middle. Um, six, blocks against, six blocks against Charlotte. Tweeted was a block party. Um, Mitch, has given, Mitch has been worth every cent of what we paid for him this summer. Um, you know, it's funny, like you, 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 you would think that we'd had a terrible summer simply because we did not trade the entire farm for Donovan Mitchell. And yet oh, everyone no. we signed, yet everyone we signed this summer, this summer, there is absolutely no remorse whether this Brunson or this Mitch and definitely not Isaiah Hardenstein either. Um, so those are the things I liked from this. Those are the things that I liked from from the Charlotte game. Um, what did you like, Chris? Yeah, I thought uh, you you are completely right about that being a game we don't win uh, without, you know, Brunson there. Uh, I thought RJ was really weird. Um, it, it, he's been doing this thing where he's, like, not passing because he's trying to get settled in scoring, and he's trying to score weird, so he's not scoring. So he's just kind of out there, you know, standing around and holding his you-know-what in the corner every play uh, and just waiting to get past two. For It feels like Obi in his rookie year. Like, hey, hey, I'm just out here because I have to be. Can I get the ball and chuck a three up maybe? Uh, <laughs> like He had Dennis Smith Jr. under the basket, and he decided instead of just going through the man. Chris, Chris, I, Chris, Chris, Chris. Let's let's save the RJ discussion for the next thing. All right, all right, all right. All right. So, so uh, you know, all all of that went on, and I'm watching this Charlotte game, and I'm like, they don't even have the guy who's like the only good player. You ask me going into that game, I would have been like, PJ Washington is this team's best player by far, by far. Um, and they gave us they gave us a game, man. So you got to respect Charlotte for playing hard. What I liked from the New York side of things, though, was the the and I'll go with the pun here because we played Charlotte. The buzz around the rim from Mitchell Robinson on both ends. Um, it's clear that like, and, and I'll use this as like a little you know segue to talk about this, and then we can move on to the next game. Um, it's clear that Mitch is like part of the team's game plan. You can tell like why they wanted to keep why Tibbs wanted to keep him specifically around. Um, Fred Cass just did an article, and if you didn't read it, you should. But basically what it says near the bottom of it is that he's pretty sure that Tibbs accounts for Mitchell Robinson's rebounding of missed floaters when going out and, and telling the team to shoot floaters. So we have Brunson quickly, even Randall now. We have iHeart, all these guys taking floaters in the lane. Um and the team's aware of like the crazy angles at which Mitch can rebound offensively. Uh, and floaters are kind of like in his repertoire. Like the way they miss, he can go up and get them. Um, and so they kind of like have these guys shooting floaters, knowing that Robinson presents them a better chance of the rebound than most other centers uh, due to his lankiness and go go gadgetness. So basically, he's really important to us. If you like all the floaters we've been taking, it's part of the reason we're taking those because we know we have Mitch on the back end. Um, I'm someone who has not been a fan of Robinson's development over the last several years, or rather lack of development. Um, but he's he has a role, and he's filling it in a really great way, and he's not complaining publicly about not being in a bigger role. And those sound like three really great things to combine to me 
So I'm really happy with him. I think he's been worth every cent, uh, especially because that deal is descending. It will be a positive value later on. So that's really cool for us. Um, and what, what I like from that Charlotte game is that even against a team that's, you know, not that great, those are the teams that always find a way to beat the damn Knicks. And the damn Knicks pulled out the game because Jalen Brunson was like, hey, I'm going to have surgeon steady hands right now and just kind of carry us through this if that's okay with you guys. And everyone was like, yeah, okay. And they just, you know, hopped on his back and they were like, yay, let's go. Time for a win. Let's let this guy show us how to do it. Um, <laughs> and he did. Brunson did the damn thing. So I had a lot of fun watching that. Totally agree with you. Thank no, yeah, absolutely. Um, other things I like this week, I liked oh, IQ getting comfortable last night against Milwaukee. I like Obi doing Obi things, like hitting some threes. Um, he he deserved more minutes last night. Um, but those are the things. Those are the things that I like this week. Uh, things I did not like this week. Uh, let's see. Where do we start? Um, allowing Charles to shoot forty two percent from three was annoying. Um, I said on who spaces. I said on. Any, I said, any, anyone who could hear, like I said, listen, this game, I, that game stunk. I knew the game stunk because I was like, Charlotte has guys that could, that's going to put up shots. And if they go in, they go in. I knew Kelly Oubre will put it up. P.J. Wash will put it up. I knew Dennis Smith Jr. was going to come in and try and put it up. Uh, so I wasn't surprised that the game was, you know, there are people talking about, oh, it was going to be a blowout one by 20. I'm like, no, it's not going to happen. Um, Evan Fournier belongs on the bench. And I like Evan Fournier, and I've defended Evan Fournier because there are people that believe that like this team would be like miles better if they just like shit canned Evan Fournier. Uh, the Knicks are no, the Knicks, we are not a team that should be looking down on shooting, and he's a very good shooter, but he doesn't fit for this team as a starter. You, you know who else is a really good shooter? Quentin Grimes, and Emmanuel Quickly. So there's two options <laughs> without giving you any sort of idea who I was talking about and just kind of awkwardly making you guess players. I just got you to say two options of players that we could be starting over Evan that would probably be going better for us. If uh, you guys know um, Derek from the Strickland, D. Rife, he runs like corner three sports and this Knicks analytics page. He just put out a tweet that I put on the Jumbotron uh, with some cool numbers, if you want to check those out. I will and definitely I think, check them. Yeah, and go ahead. I think Grimes should be starting over quickly and over 40. Like, I want Grimes in that starting two role next to Brunson. And I could make the case for an hour for why quickly should be starting over 48. I said it last season after I spent last offseason campaigning for the Knicks to add Evan Fournier specifically because I wanted his – diverse shot profile in our offensive tool bag. Uh, well, Thibodeau's insistence on starting him makes me regret asking for him. I'm like, what the hell is this? This isn't what I signed up for. I wanted a fun shooter on our team who I know will go out and compete and who's a good veteran leader in the locker room with a lot of young guys. And Tibbs is like, Evan, RJ's facing the floor for you. You're the star. And it's like, all right, like, all right. <laughs> so... Um, for me, it's like, you know, Evan, I wanted him on the bench last season. I wanted to start a backcourt of quickly Burks. Let quickly do the playmaking. If you really stunk it up, give it to Burks like you wanted to, but just hide it as Burks being the shooting guard. Don't actually start Burks at point guard. Tibbs was like, yeah, watch this. <laughs> so, you know, that happened. Um, but yeah, I, I would start. Grimes first, then quickly, then Fournier. For in terms of what's best for this team, basketball fit wise. Yeah, and you know what? I said this on the, uh, I believe on Wednesday's pregame show. Oh, not Wednesday's. Uh, one of the pregame shows. I believe it was Wednesday. Um, I said that, and if you want to go look at, you gonna go look it up. It's at the forty nine forty mark on YouTube. I said it, it doesn't make sense to me that. Uh, Leon Rose in his conversation with Alan Hahn said that Tom Thibodeau has full autonomy over lineups and minutes, but then Tom Thibodeau continues to start Evan Fournier because Evan Fournier is not a Tom Thibodeau guy in the freaking least. So it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but yeah, he belongs on the bench. Uh, well, and here's just like here's, yeah. if, you, if you want the political translation right now, I can give it to you. Evan Fournier was a Steve Clifford guy in Orlando. 
anybody who's the Steve Clifford guy, uh. the Thibodeau guy. Now, Thibodeau told the front office he would like them to sign Fournier uh, because Clifford gave him the AOK. But a lot of the fan base doesn't know that Thibodeau campaigned for Fournier. Why? Because a reporter who I genuinely love very much, but is very was very partial to Thibodeau, came out and said every time Evan played well, that Thibodeau wanted him on the team. And every time Evan played poorly, that Thibodeau didn't want him on the team and he wanted Bullock back, but the front office forced Fournier on him. So literal two like two different facts were being reported. The true one is that Thibodeau did want Fournier. You can't just pretend he didn't every time Evan plays like crap. Um, and Thibodeau got this from Clifford. Clifford A-OK'd Fournier to him. They still talk all the time. They have similar coaching styles. They both don't trust young players, even though they're both good at developing them. Um, they're similar coaches. And, you know, Tibbs is probably the better of the two, but they're, they're the same mold. And, yeah, T- Tibbs got this whole 48 thing from Clifford, who actually allowed 48 to work east to west instead of Tibbs, who forces him to work north to south. And then he dribbles the ball off as you know what, and as much as Randall when he's playmaking like that. Uh, but, you know, you get him working the way Grimes works, and you're golden. They just refuse to do that because, you know, I'm not the one scripting the plays. But Yeah, I mean, it's almost like, you know, flexibility might be a good thing. Uh, things things also I disliked, um, and this is, a lot of it is from last night, and, and going full, and going into it, listen, I didn't think we were going to win. Like, the Bucks are the best defense in the league. They have arguably the best player on the planet. Um so I expected a loss. I didn't expect it like that. Um, I mean, allowing the 18-0 run in the third quarter is basically the difference in the game. Uh, they came out of third quarter, low energy, low, not enough effort, and Milwaukee just made them pay. Um, at the same time, the Bucks went four minutes without a point late in the game, and we could not capitalize. We were only we only scored on free throws. Uh, they gave us, and that's a that is concerning simply because like that is because of the way we play if the Knicks play hard and, and you know, play with effort and energy if a team tries to give the game away from, if, if a good team tries to give away a game, we have to take it. And the Bucks tried to give the game away and we could not take it. Um, like I'm looking, I have it right here. Like the, they, they went from, they went. For, they scored with twenty nine point three seconds left, and the last time they scored, and the time, the first time they scored before that was George Hill made a two point shot with four fifty three left from four fifty three, and the score was one fifteen ninety eight. So the Knicks are down seventeen. The Bucks did not score again until twenty nine seconds left, and when we and then at twenty nine seconds left, when J- Drew Holiday made made his shot. That made the game 117-106, which means the Knicks, while the other team went over four minutes on scoring, went from having 98 points to 106 points. Like, that's unacceptable. Like, and, now, and now that I look at it, with when, when George Hill makes that shot, that gives them 115 points. They finished 119. They scored four points over the last four minutes and 53 seconds, and we couldn't take advantage. So that was that was frustrating. Um, the starters were not good yesterday. Uh, everyone's plus my, you know plus minus can tell you any story you want, but last night it told it told a very good story. Um, stars weren't good. Uh, Randall wasn't good. Three of ten from the field. Brunson wasn't good. Three three of ten. We spoke about Fournier. Uh, Mr. Barrett, we'll get to him in the next segment. But you know, Randall minus fourteen, Brunson minus nineteen, Fournier minus twenty two, Barrett minus eight. Meanwhile, quickly plus eleven. D Rose, who played the most minutes, I think he's played all year, was plus eight. Um, Obi Toppin was plus three. Cam Reddish minus three. We'll get to him second. Uh, Hartenstein played a lot with the starters and was minus five. But yeah, the starters weren't the starters weren't good. Uh, the Bucks shot twenty eight percent from three. And... Can I throw a, an abstract thought out here? Yes, you can. Obi Toppin, just because you brought him up, like I, it, we can talk about this later too. But just so I don't forget, that dude's passing is really important to our offense. Um, and I've been saying it since we drafted him. So I, I, I just wanted like to be known how important that guy's passing is to like what we're gonna do once he's starting for the Knicks eventually. 
um, to what we do off the bench. Like whatever any starters do when they're in with him, um, that guy's always looking to like what. Every time that guy makes a pass, his two K teammate rating goes up. And I like usually hate people that talk about the NBA in ways of two K, like by ways of two K. But this is just like me being silly and not an actual genuine analogy. Um, but like Obi's teammate rating goes up every time he passes the ball in two K. He never makes a pass that's like, hey. Ho, <laughs> ho, ho, why? You know, like, Obi's always making passes that are like, yeah, you know what? I see why that could have led to a bucket, or that did lead to a bucket. He had three assists the other day. Like, this dude plays, like, seven minutes a game. I'm, it's actually, like, 15, but you get what I mean. Like, yeah, we got, you know, whether it's later, this was it now, or whatever, like, Obi's passing got to get spoken on. Um, even if this was all that to get spoken on right now, it was worth it, because that guy is so smart. He's so smart. That's the word is smart. And you could say it's, you know, knowledgeable of the sets or aware, but he's also figuring things out live. He's very smart. He's a very smart basketball player. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey guys, quick break to tell you about WinBet, the official sports book of Nick's Film School. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with win rewards on WinBet. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, the WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100, win 100. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. That's wynnbet.com to start winning. Download, bet, win. It's that simple. Last thing I'll say, then I'll have it pass it to you for any more uh, any more of your dislikes, and then we'll get to RJ. And after RJ, we'll open up the floor to anyone who has anything to say about what, we, what we've said. So just hold tight. Um, uh, Steve Kerr always says that when he looks at the box score, he only looks at three stats. He looks at assists, field assists, turnovers, and other teams' um, field goal percentage because that will basically tell you why you want to lost the game. Uh, assists. Bucks won that 23-19. Turnovers, we had 13 to their 7. And other teams' field goal percentage. Uh, we shot – they shot 38% from the field, and we shot 39%. The Bucks shot 38% from the field and 29% from three and won by 11 because we shot 40% from the field and 34% from three, and we got destroyed on the offensive glass. Jesus Christ – that's I was going to butt in. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I just don't know. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
I didn't want to slight Steve Kerr and, and doubt him, but that's what he was absolutely forgetting was rebounding. That's what you need to look at, too. Ricky G, my guy here on Twitter, uh, will always say the first stat to look at is the rebounding numbers. And I don't agree with that, but it shows that, you know, there are people out there who think they're very important. So that's that's what Kerr was missing, and they, they killed us. No, absolutely. Uh, rebound, listen, offensive rebounding is a killer. We got – we. We lost that nineteen to thirteen. Like I said, Bobby Portis had eight of them. That's supposed to be our thing too. That's supposed to yes. be our fastball. Exactly. Um, listen, and listen. Rebounding is the final act of defense. So if you you know if you don't rebound, that matters. Like Pat Riley said, no rebounds, no rings. So I mean, just disappointing that game. Not that we lost, but how we lost. Um, Chris, any other dislikes you have from yesterday or from this week, and then we'll move on to our the, our main topic of discussion. Yeah, Julius Randle played like crap. Um, I'm someone who has been a big fan of him through the first, what, three games? We were there. Whatever. Last night he was awful. Um, it was really bad. And, and so was Fournier. But, you know, Fournier is someone who, like, this team does not sink or swim by means of Evan Fournier. Like, it's never going to be that deep with him. Um, Randall, yeah, like, he does have that impact on us. And it was not a positive one yesterday. Um Let's not do that. Hey, my guy, Julius, let's let's head back to what we were doing the first couple games, which is being quick about our decision-making, um, trying on defense and showing it. Uh, he kind of... Hmm, how do I phrase this accurately? Because I could be funny, but like I, I'd rather be accurate. It was like last year's him and this year's him are like the angel and devil on his shoulders. And they, and they were talking, like telling him what to do. And last year, Randall won last night, man. Um, this kind of like, you know, year in, year out, year in, year out thing of like on off, on off from Julius. Like, I, I suppose now that we have a point guard, it'll stop and I can live with it and we'll get some sort of steadiness out of him. But I don't want to steady last night at all. Um, yeah, just start OB if last night's what we're getting every night. But I think we should be starting Julius because he's a much better player and he's really good. Uh, he just didn't show it last night. And that's why I don't sound very excited saying it right now because uh, I'm not excited about what I saw from him. Uh last night so yeah before we get into one of the other lefties uh we need julius to keep up what he was doing the first couple games i'm not here to just shit on him like nah like he was good the first couple games or he was okay one of them really good one of them whatever like on average he was good keep that up last night was not what we want to see true story true story um all right, let's go. Let's get to the other lefty. Um, you know, since I kind of spoke about him, uh, I'll and you were kind of on the roll, so I'll let you share your thoughts about um, the uneven start of one Ron Alexander Barrett Jr. Um, I'll let you go first, get everything out you want to say, then I will, and then we will open up the floor to anyone who wants to speak on the topic of things that we said, whether we agree or disagree. We welcome your input. So feel free to start putting your requests in now. We'll bring you up. So, like, first, if you stick around, like, after we get through this, you're 1357, you'll be, you'll be first to speak. Um, but, yeah, uh, Chris, the floor is yours, man. What, what are your thoughts on RJ, RJ's um, uneven start to the season? Yeah, man. Let me uh, let me unmute my mic. I'm going to give you guys a look into how I do these shows when I know I'm about to go on a big-ass rant of some kind. Let me unmute my mic. Let me sit down here on my beanbag. And I just, I literally, I put the phone down and I close my eyes. I know it's corny, but I close my eyes and I just talk hoop with y'all. So let me, let me get in position here. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is welcome to the life of a college student. That's also a <laughs> Fordham Athletics, WFUV Sports, Knicks Film School, and the Call Sports employee. This is how I don't fall apart is I still find a way to enjoy talking sports instead of it feeling like a job. Basically, R.J. Barrett's been very frustrating to start the year. Um, and we can start out by acknowledging that. You know, we 
it's a waste of time to look at the stat sheet, in, in my opinion. I, I literally, you know, hypothetically bet him to have his over 19 and a half yesterday, thinking that the Knicks were going to lose the game. I just know he will float to his 20 a game, his cute little 20 a game. He'll always float. He will get there. He did not get there against Memphis, which was insane. Um, but he shot three for 18. So, Jesus Christ. Like, that guy um, had a lid on the rim that night. And you can tell he's had a lid on the rim some other nights. My whole thing with him is not, um, you know, oh, he's he's playing bad. I, he's playing short-sighted i think he's playing short-sighted i think that's the way to put it i think that's my take on this is not that rj is playing poorly sure yes he is but i'm not solving anything by standing up here and being like yo rj's been ass we need rj to be better he's been ass like okay (laughs) all right you know that's nothing funny is coming out of that like i I like to sit here and try to figure out why this stuff is going down. It's why I spent all summer trying to figure out why Randall had the year he did last year. Um, And people were like, you're insane. Give it up. The guy stinks. I was like, no, I need to know. (laughs) But with RJ Barrett, man, for me, I think, I think right now he is a couple things are going on and I'm not trying to compare any of these talents to each other in any way. Three very unique. One, obviously, in the Met, I'm going to list the far best player of the three. But listen, Francisco Lindor, Julius Randle, two guys who signed the biggest deals they've ever signed in their lives and then had to live up to expectations in front of the New York City crowd. Both guys ended up deciding to thumbs down their crowd in their first year because they kind of crumbled under the pressure. Lindor had a great bounce back. Randall, you know, we'll see from him this season how it goes. But now R.J. Barrett, the latest on the list of young stud athletes that have a contract to live up to in front of the New York City fans, you can tell R.J.'s feeling the pressure of that. The reason for that, in my opinion, is the lack of playmaking from him. Now, usually R.J. playmakes a lot. His favorite pass to make on the court, and you can tell because of his smile after he does it, his favorite pass to make on the court is the alley-oop to Mitchell Robinson. It has been since his rookie year. R.J. Barrett's my favorite player in the league, so you can call me weird for like saying I noticed him smiling after the play. No, like I, 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 I've watched him enough to say that. I'm pretty confident his favorite pass to make out there is the lob to Mitch. And this guy has not been doing much of that. He's not been kicking it out too much. You can tell he's really focused on getting those 20 points right now, especially after only having 11 on 3 of 18 shooting against Memphis. The guy wants to look like he fits in. The guy wants to fit in. Uh, you, ever, you ever have a job where you know you get paid, you know, whatever, whatever. You, you get paid to do something, you have a salary, and you kind of take care of some other things, and you kind of want that promotion you know, want that extra pay for taking care of these things. And then all of a sudden, the company hires someone who specializes in those things to just take care of them. And now, like, yeah, like, you got a little promotion, but you're not doing any of those things that you were doing anymore. This this is what happened with Brunson, right? Like, Barrett took over the number one option role out of necessity because Randall was stinking it up and, and crumbled like a cookie in that number one role. RJ stepped up and handled it. He didn't handle it fantastic, but he handled it pretty darn well, especially for someone his age. Now, Brunson brought in to handle those things, literally handle the ball um, and, and run the plays. Well, now RJ is kind of back to this weird influx role of his where until something happens, it needs to settle in. Like last year, it took Randall having a public meltdown for RJ's role to settle in. Uh, it's just like uh, something's got to give, right? Something's off right now. This is not like, oh, the Knicks aren't going to play like the Knicks are going to play like this all year. I hate, you know, I hate how they're doing RJ right now. No, no, something's off and something is going to give. Here's my thing, though. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be a random meltdown resulting in him getting benched and traded resulting in RJ being the clear number two. And we know from the we here playoff season that when there's a real number one, RJ is a real good number two. So that's cool, right? I guess. But 
is that really going to happen? Is Randall going to melt down so bad it gets him sent out of town? Uh, is someone going to get hurt? Will Randall or Brunson get hurt and that'll solve it? Like something, I, I'm not rooting for that. First of all, I, I'm the last person. I, I think like even if a player on the team I hate hate most gets injured, I, I like tell people who are celebrating it to like not do that because celebrating someone not being able to play the sport they love that they're fortunate enough to do as a job is just lame to me. So trust me, I'm not saying anything about any Knicks getting injured. What I am saying is that it's literally going to take an injury to a Knicks player unless something happens other than that for, for this offensive pecking order to settle itself. And, and this is part of why I like, Oh, you know, you can all because people are always tagging me like, oh, you said you didn't want Brunson. Yeah, no, I, I didn't. I wouldn't have made that signing. Now we know why I'm not an NBA GM. Um, the reason I wouldn't have made the signing was not just because it would have allowed quickly to start and the Knicks to stay young, but because it would have left that, you know, Barrett's the guy. Randall's also a guy here and they're the guys. And that would have been it. But now it's like, well, Brunson's got to feed Barrett. Brunson's got to feed Randall. Randall's got to feed Barrett. Barrett's got to feed Randall. They need to figure themselves out. Um, we're watching them do it in front of us. We're watching RJ go from 11 points to floating to his 20. But it's not a 20 that I like. Like I tweeted the other night and I said something like, um, and it was, you know what game it was? It was in the Charlotte game. Um, and I was like, RJ's got 20 points on 9 of 18 shooting tonight. And I was like, you know what? For for better or for worse, he's found something offensively. <laughs> something is happening. And it's to an extent that he's yes, found it is. his offense. And it's not fully. He's found it to an extent. That tweet got over 200 likes and dozens of people being like, you moron, RJ, this and this, and he stinks tonight. And so, so I got people quoting being like, this kid's always trying to convince the fan base, RJ, something he's not. Like, what? Can we close the third eyes for a second and freaking relax? Like, li- listen, I'm not trying to, like, conspire to make the fan base love RJ. Like, if you think I have that level of influence, you know, praise be to whatever powers you enjoy. But I, I don't. I don't. So, like, for for me, it's like, hey, I'm just pointing out that to an extent, this kid kind of found something. Now, what? Back to what I was saying earlier to just kind of finish off my real point here. um, Obviously, I listed all those things that are awful, knowing they likely will not happen, to try and create this tension that you know, well, if there's no injuries, if there's no whatever, what is going to happen? Well, I'll tell you what needs to happen. this Knicks team needs to start being honest with itself. They need their players to look in the mirror and say, you know, Julius, they need they need Julius Randle to look in the mirror and say, maybe I need to take a step back. They need RJ Barrett to look in the mirror and say, maybe I need to grab these reins with more than one hand. Let me really grab them. Let's see what happens. And they need Jalen Brunson to look in the mirror. And he actually, it's funny because the other guys um, look in the mirror and they see a beast far bigger than what, enemies see right but brunson looks in the mirror and he's not confident enough in himself he said recently uh before the season like i'm not any type of savior i'm just a basketball player i mean and my boy josh richards quote tweeted him and he was like well i, I hate to tell you buddy but you know you're our savior now man like welcome uh, to yep. our, <laughs> welcome to our hearts We're, they are open for you and uh, I, I love to see that. And Brunson, you know, Randall and Barrett need to look in the mirror, figure out what they really can bring to this team. Brunson needs to look in the mirror and just see dog. Like, I hate to be corny, but, like, he needs to just see dog. Like, I need him oh, to, I'm not worried about Brunson. Like, I need him to look in the mirror and be like, oh, I signed here to be the guy. Like, let me be the guy off the court. I want him, you know, you saw him talking to Randall a couple times. I want him in that locker room, like, telling these guys, like, hey, uh, if these first games weren't enough indication, like this is my damn team and we're going to wow. play really well. So let's do it. Um, because here's the thing. Uh, you can say this was RJ's team. This was whoever's team. It, it, the, the, the last time we waste, uh, you know, tiptoeing around the fact that that Brunson's the best player on the team today. Um, the, the more the better we can be as a team, because once RJ and Randall are like, hey, yeah. Randall needs to stop bringing the ball up the court, and I need to stop being an asshole when I force up these terrible finesse layups because Cam can do them. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and and do what I'm good at. And I need Randall to be like, I'm gonna go ahead and be a damn boulder. I'm gonna be a wrecking ball on the way. And what do you need RJ to do? And and we need RJ his his oh, well I need him to get out of his own head. <laughs> okay. I need I need him his, his shots to start going in like we know they can. That's the thing. Like last year I was on the front of the war, the, the front of the battle lines trying to convince people that Barrett was a good player. Now the Knicks fans know it. Now they just think oh he's too inconsistent. Like this guy it took Jason Tatum until year 6. This is year 6 for Jason Tatum. This is the first season that Jason Tatum stopped starting slow. Now I'm not saying that our Duke Drew Hanlon trained wing has until year 6 to stop starting slow. But can we give him more than year 4? Like come on. Like, okay, come on. Now, now okay. So now here okay. So it's bad here's... it's bad right now. But it's the 5th like it's the fifth starting lineup in four years, so I'm willing to be like, "Hey, let's give it until like game eight. And I, but, there are people that that are like, "This extension was a mistake." Okay, those people are idiots. But here's here's that's what, what I'm saying. That's what I'm trying to say. It's like you but, need to you need to give this until like game eight to be like, I have a serious take on this. Okay, so here's why I disagree with that. Fire! About, I wanted to get into this before we opened it up. I wanted to actually okay. toss ideas right. back and forth here. Let's do it. Here's the thing. Okay. I have defended R.J. Barrett as much as anyone in the last four years um, because, listen, we wear the, we have the heaviest jerseys in the league. We get more shtick for anything more than anyone else does because people are addicted to LOL Knicks. Actually, no, people are just addicted to, like, LOL stuff in period. Like, listen, Kevin Durant said this, and he's a 1,000% right. A lot of basketball fans don't actually like basketball. They're here for other reasons. So people, so you know, anything that happens, any anything, any little misstep is over is overblown. But for other teams, like for example, I'll tell you something right now. If somebody threw a cup of water at Luca at Luca Doncic at Madison Square Garden, it would have led to today's show. And it would have been in the A block and the C block of first take. But it happens in Brooklyn, eh, quiet. But you know them. That's what it is. We're New York. We we we're, we are New York. We accept that. My um, boy was there reporting on the game, and he said he saw that dude in like eight different pairs of handcuffs after the game. <laughs> oh yeah, he 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 will never set foot in the Barclays Center or maybe an NBA oh, arena ever oh, again. I, I I would be mad if I were him because I feel like Uzi Vert is about to go on tour and perform at Barclays. I don't need to see the Nets games, but let me go to my yeah. concerts. Damn, exactly. Um, so we defend like there's this clip of Max Kellerman talking you know breaking down rj barrett's game before the draft before the lottery went and then of course you know once he it was it was apparent he became a nick it was like well he can't do this in the third so there are a lot of people out there and i'm included that defended this kid because he cut a lot of flack for nothing um and you know year one when he struggled and he wasn't good year one you know we're like well he's playing next to He's playing on a team that wasn't built for him. wasn't built for him at all. Yeah, it's, like it's, not, it's seventeen power power forwards and Alfred Payton and da, 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 da. like give cut him some slack. In a in a sentence, Ja got the rock, Zion got the rock, RJ got to fight like piranhas with Marcus Morris and Julius Randle for every touch. That's it. A- absolutely. And then year two, it was. Okay, he's just a corner. Like we def- when people said he was at, well, you know what happened was. That happened, and then the, and then the season shut down, and then the bubble happened, and then uh, guys in his draft class uh, were doing well, including Tyler Hero, who got who got so much love for snarling in a YMCA in Orlando, but whatever. So it's like, oh, the Knicks, you know, the Knicks missed out. Uh, and then, no, I, I listen. I'm not saying Tyler Hero is bad, but it was it was interesting. Anyway, year two, so people decided he stopped. Year two, it was like he sucks, and we're like, but no, he's a number two scorer on the playoff team, and he shot forty percent from three, and it was like at age twenty, and it was like, no, it's empty gyms, and da 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 da, and it's like he's inefficient. Then last year, it was that was the inefficient talk for real. It was like, oh, it was true shooting percentage, and it's effective field goal percentage, and we're like, but he scored twenty five. It's like, but he's dealing with. He has to deal with his best, the best player on the team pissing down his leg and Kemba Walker and all this other garbage and he's been stuck in the corner, whatever. So we have spent years, literally years of our lives defending this guy. 
So now, and then the summer happens and the off season and the trade, he's thrown in trade rumors and he's basically like, if, if Danny Ainge wasn't an asshole, he would be, he would be, he'd be in, he'd be in Utah. And, you know, we're like, all right, but then he got his, he got his money. Right. So we're like, okay. And then we see the preseason, whatever. Look, in the context of four games, is nothing to – yes, it, it, the vacuum of four games is nothing to be worried about because it's a long season. But in the vacuum of the totality of his career, it's like, all right, can you just hit open threes now? Like, yeah, this how is, about this that? Is, no, it's, it's bad. Like, I'm not like, saying he doesn't deserve like, criticism. Stop, I'm saying, like, like – the Yeah, I was saying, like, the insane people are insane. Go on. Uh, yeah, I'm, but I'm talking – yeah, the insane people are insane. But, but, they're, but you know something? Sometimes the insane people are right because the broken clock is right twice a day and the not so insane people are like the people who want who genuinely want good for this team and this player uh and want these guys to succeed and they're like i see them in the audience right now like i see nick's take jake we've discussed it jay from florida we've discussed this banca we've discussed it horace we've discussed this like it's time like hit a layup b like hit a hit a layup like there was a sequence in the game where we had a four and one break <laughs> and it went from Brun- I believe it went from Brunson and Brunson passed to uh Brunson passed to Randall and then Randall dished it to Barrett, RJ, and RJ took this little six foot bunny. And as the ball was going up, I was like, please go in, please go in, please go in. And he missed. And then Milwaukee went on a fast break and they hit yeah, a three. It's been, it's been insane. They hit a three, and then they hit another, and then we missed, and they hit another three. And when RJ missed that, when RJ missed that, it was 50 to 48. If he hits that bunny, it's 50-50. They hit two threes after that. That is an eight-point swing, because then it goes to 56-48 timeout. And the fact that I'm sitting there begging for my franchise player, our highest picks is Patrick Ewing, the guy that we all love, the, the prodigal son of New York, the fact that I'm begging for this dude to hit a six foot bunny is like, yo, what are we doing? Like, like, I like, I said this on the timeline. I said this. I said this uh, in the campus pregame. Like, he's Mark Teixeira because Mark Teixeira was a damn good player. Mark Teixeira helped the Yankees win the 2009 World Series. But every April, he will bat 168. It was like, yo, how many? Like, how many times do you get to bat 168? So, like, at some point, it's like, like, hit a layup. Hit open threes. Don't be a cone on defense. One of the reasons that we liked RJ is because he could be a two-way player. He's not good on D. Like, I see people saying, like, like okay, if you look in the Jumbotron, I had, I put close to the poll last night, what's causing RJ's troubles? And there are people that are replying and saying, like, oh, because all the energy he's expounding on defense. I'm like, dude, if that's the energy he's expounding on defense, he needs to get new energy because he's a cone. He's ball watching. He's getting beat up back door screens. He's dying on the screen just like, the backdoor Bro, is from last year, too, if you remember. it's from last year. And hey, listen, I'm going to give Cedric Shine. He called this from last year. He was like, yo, this dude is not as good as a defender that we that some people in the fan base made him out to be because Jason Tatum missed a bunch of shots game one, and, you know, he he got the he got the uh he 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 stopped DeMar DeRozan in the final seconds, and it was like, oh, R.J. Barrett has people in jail, whatever. But, like, bro, like, okay – I understand the spacing, the shot, whatever. That's fine. But like, like I just need, I need more. You got paid now. I need more from you. You cannot say, yeah. I look like myself in the same class as guys like Ja and Zion and do this. You can't. Like, I need better from you now. Like, this not ex- like it's no longer acceptable. I need better from him. And listen, I love him. RJ, like, I own two Knicks. I own. I, I own four Knicks jerseys. One is a Chris Ops jersey that I'll never see the light of day. Oh. I have a I have a Derek Harper jersey from when I was like eleven. Respect. And I bought and I bought the Nate Robinson green jersey because I was fire. And Respect. the the puts like this. The only jersey I have of current Knicks is RJ Barrett. I want this kid to succeed more than anybody. But enough is enough i need better from you now so what are you going to do to be better please 
figure it out. I'm begging you. I'm pleading with you. And this is Seth saying, this is not from someone who thinks you stink, because I know you don't stink. This is someone who has defended you against not only NBA Twitter, but Nick's Twitter for three whole seasons. We, I need better now. I need better. I need better. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.